Welcome to the Nurturing Podcast, where early childhood is the priority. In our podcast, renowned experts from around the world share actionable tips and techniques, experiences, and best practices for educators and parents. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Dr. Swati Popat. In our previous podcast with Dr. Swati, we talked about her life story. her impact on education space in india and her view on how parents and teachers can together contribute better to a child's development if you missed part 1 of the podcast please check out episode 1 of the nurturing podcast today we will talk more on early childhood philosophies around the world life skills mindfulness what does nurturing a child really means and many more parenting tips and techniques on simple things like happiness in a child's life swati ma'am thank you for your time today let's continue our discussion on early childhood philosophies so you travel and speak at education related events across the globe how did your experiences of looking at other countries education systems influence the direction you adopted for podar and in various schools in india so um firstly i thank dr podar because he was very clear from day one when he appointed me 20 years back that we want you to go around the world get the best research back to podar and that gave me the opportunity to go to almost every country i became a part of the world forum foundation which is a wonderful foundation that does great work in bringing 80 countries together on one platform once in two years for a conference and that platform was one of my biggest learnings because you meet people from 80 different countries you hear about best practices from 80 different countries and that participating in that as a national representative for india helped me do one of my most important studies which is i studied the education policy and curriculum of 39 different countries so i've compiled a comparative study which really helped me understand what each country is doing how it's doing it and what is the best thing about each country because every country can't be best in everything so it's always important that when i developed podar jumbo kids curriculum of philosophy i took the best from around the world so if you will read about it on our website you will see that i have taken from mahatma gandhi the head heart and hand concept I've taken from Gijubai Badeka, telling children concepts through stories. I've taken from Rabindranath Tagore, outdoor education, which means education in the outdoor. Now that doesn't mean only outdoor play, but it means that teachers should sometimes think of taking the whole classroom outside. From Maria Montessori, of course, her sensitive periods, her didactic equipment. From Frederick Frobel, he's the father of kindergarten. and germany and the world has just forgotten about him so when i recently developed my coding and robotics curriculum i looked at frederick frobel's gifts he has designed 13 gifts which are actually toys but he used to call them gifts because he feels that these kind of things should be given to a child with the same reverence as you would give a gift and if you look at his gifts it teaches you interconnectedness and when i analyzed each of these gifts i realized that what coding is trying to teach you 
through debugging, through algorithms. The Frederick Frobel's gifts were actually doing this more than 200 years ago. And they have just vanished from the market. You don't find good people who make these gifts anymore. So we had to actually find a vendor who made these gifts for us because we have brought them back into the classroom. So from Tevariki, when I studied the New Zealand curriculum, I loved their nine principles, but one of the most important principles I loved was the principle of belonging. And that is what I always stress on. You know, when we tell children, take care of the trees, save the environment, you wouldn't have to do that if the environment belonged to the children, if children belonged to the environment. Because the thing is very simple. I will always save something that belongs to me. It, I will only destroy it when it doesn't belong to me. So, you know, from each of these world curriculums and philosophies, I have tried to take the best that would suit our Indian children, our Indian ethos, our culture, and our parents. And that's why we took the EYFS from UK. Because the EYFS has seven areas of development. And our Indian parents love subjects, you know. So it makes it very easy to show that these are the seven areas of learning that your child is going to have. I was recently in Australia to study their EYLF curriculum, which is the early years learning framework. I've studied the Singapore curriculum, the Finland curriculum. We are also bringing the Finland curriculum now to India. It's called the Nordic Baccalaureate. So one of our schools is opening in Mumbai, which is going to use that curriculum. So it is very interesting to see the commonalities and the differences in these world over curriculums and then to take what you know is something that the country needs, your children need, and something that will be easily absorbed. So the father of curriculum development is pestology. And pestology is one most important teaching is that when you take something from another country, don't try to implant it in your country. You will have to make adjustments. You will have to make changes for it to become suitable, for it to be uh, acclimatized to your country's needs and situation. Absolutely, ma'am. And unfortunately, I see so many schools and educators kind of missing this point. Um, and just focusing on if it's international or foreign, it will be good for us. True. You know, uh, I see a lot of, I feel very sad because I implement the IB curriculum and I'm very fond of the IB curriculum. It is one of the best curriculums that the new world has come out with, inquiry-based. I mean, look at it. It's empowering the children to think, to question, to relate, to reform. And sadly, many IB schools have turned it into a, uh, you know, foreign circus that uh, if it's an international school, oh, my children will wear like this. Oh, my parents have a hoity-toity attitude. And I feel, oh my God, it's completely against the ethos of what the IB curriculum stands for. Cannot agree with you more on this, ma'am. Um, I think IB has turned into international board rather than inquiry-based. Yeah. And it's so sad if you study it. I'm telling you, it's a fantastic curriculum completely sometimes misrepresented by many of the IB schools because they don't understand what it stands for and what it should be doing for the children. I mean, I mean, I was shocked when I heard that there are IB 
institutions. I mean, the people who invented IB, who who originally came out with IB, must be must be dying because it was meant to be a board where children don't require this kind of external help. It's an internal learning board, and for that board, you now have tuition tier classes, which is so sad. It it kind of is a statement on the state of affairs in our country. Absolutely, ma'am. And as you share more of your views along various conferences, across various events, and a nursing podcast, I hope people are listening and getting more familiar with the true concepts around the various philosophies that we see. I hope so too, Arjun. And thanks because of platforms like you that I'm able to send out ideas to a few more people, and even one person impacted uh, is a huge change. Um, so changing gears a little bit here, uh, we hear a lot about life skills. 21st century skills, mindfulness. These have somehow become buzzwords these days. At Soko World, we absolutely believe they do hold a huge value in today's time. What does life skills and mindfulness mean for you? What is life? Life is about living. So the skills that I will need to live a good life are life skills. They have now been packaged into this great-looking concept and uh, but it's at the very basic level. Shouldn't education be about life skills? I mean, when you say as an educator that I'm teaching life skills, are you doing a favor? That's exactly what education is supposed to be. That's exactly what parenting is supposed to be. You're supposed to teach me how to understand myself so that I can understand others. You're supposed to teach me how to understand my emotions so that I'm able to control them and I can understand the emotions in others. You're supposed to teach me how to tie my shoes, how to drink my milk, how to take care of myself so I can take care of things around me. These are the basic skills. These, this is what education was all about. It is because we had skipped this stage in the pre-primary, in the early years, and we straight away went to teaching numbers, writing, reading, and we then realized, oh my God, the children don't know how to behave. Oh my God, the children don't know how to even take care of themselves. And then we said, oh, let's teach them life skills. So it has come like that. It was supposed to start with life skills and we forgot all about it. And then now we said, oh, it's the life skills which is missing. So it's as if, you know, we have invented something new. It's not. It's what life is all about. You're teaching children about life. Let's go back to Montessori. What is her didactic equipment? What are all the things, daily life experiences that she talks about in her curriculum? She always says, first make the child independent, take care of itself, and then it can do all the other things in the world. So for me, life skills is that. And mindfulness is a very important life skill. When a child is angry and upset, we tell the child, don't be angry, don't cry, don't be upset. Instead, we should be helping the child be mindful that this is the emotion I am feeling. So I should do this because I'm feeling it instead of letting the child struggle with that emotion. So, for example, if I'm upset, I should tell the child, you know, I'm feeling so upset right now because I didn't get what I want. And I'm feeling like hitting somebody, but I'm not going to because that's not good. So instead of that, I'm just going to clench my fists and I'm going to scream and let out my anger. When you do this, this is called mindfulness, that you are aware that you are feeling upset. You feel like hitting somebody, 
but you are mindful that no, I cannot do that. But I have an option. I can do it like this because my emotion is very important and I need to recognize my emotion and I need to uh, satisfy my emotion, but in a societal uh, accepted way. This is mindfulness. But we have now packaged it up into something great and we say, oh, we started mindfulness and I send my child for mindfulness classes. I mean, I find that very silly. I find that concept of a happiness curriculum extremely icky. That happiness is an emotion. How do you teach it in a curriculum? How have you reduced happiness in our children's world to be something that will be taught through a curriculum? I am aghast that you, you even talk about it, that you need a happiness curriculum. Wow. It's a, such a great uh, stigma on that society which says that we teach happiness to children. Oh, you don't make children happy. You teach them how to be happy. How silly. This is very insightful, ma'am, and touches a basic emotional structure as a human. We have made being happy an exercise rather than something that should come naturally to us. And when I'm listening to you as a parent, I can actually now feel the emotion that you're coming from. And honestly, just listening to you for the last one minute, I believe I'm a better parent now. So making all of these concepts like life skills, mindfulness, happiness curriculum that are flying around us all the time makes sense in simple terms. I mean, kind of grounding them to the basics is so powerful. I'm sure our listeners are thanking you, ma'am, for this. Absolutely. See, it's all about the basics. We've forgotten the basics and we've start suddenly gone somewhere at some different plateau and we think we've reached our high horse from there and we've lost sight of what is more important. Very important to come back to the basics and that's why I always tell teachers and parents, read blogs, I don't mind, go to Pinterest, I don't mind, but come back to the basics. Go back to the people who have researched, go back to the people who have actually found the basic foundation read about them, however difficult it is, and your perspective will change. So true, ma'am. And you often say that children do not need schools. They need a learning environment. I know all the parents, that 1,55,000 parents that you talked about will kill me, that why are our children in school then? But uh, see, the Latin meaning of this word school is leisure, which means it's a place where children will enjoy it's a place where children will want to come again and again. So for us, schools should go back to that original meaning. This is so true, ma'am. And you, and you put a lot of focus on the word nurturing there. Yes. What does nurture really mean? I mean, it's a powerful word and we believe in it. So much that we named the, our so-called podcast, Nurturing. So for me, nurture means uh, understanding that what you are trying to teach the child is already in the child. Your job is to nurture it out, to ensure that it comes out and becomes a part of the child in such a way that the child does not find it a burden. So for example, manners. Every parent wants their child to have manners. And you need to nurture social development in children. You cannot impose it on children. 
So you will notice a lot of parents do it. I don't know if you do it, but I'm definitely sure your wife must be doing it because mothers tend to do it a lot more. When somebody says good morning to their child, they don't wait for the child to savor that moment. They immediately start telling the child, say good morning, say good morning, see auntie saying good morning, say good morning. So what happens is you didn't nurture that moment. You didn't help the child savor that relationship, that little interaction which was happening. The minute somebody gives a gift to a child, we say, say, say thank you, say thank you. But the child is saying, hello, I've just received the box. I don't even know what's in it. Why should I say thank you? So we are teaching children to be socially false. So in many things like that, we are not nurturing children. We are not nurturing the development in children. Nurturing for me is to bring out what's already there in a child in a very pleasant, in a very holistic manner so that the child enjoys that process and the child benefits from it. So for me, nurturing is that. Absolutely. This is fantastic, ma'am. So you see the difference between teaching and nurturing? Yeah. When you are teaching, you are saying that the child doesn't know it and I'm going to be teaching you. When you are nurturing, it means I know the child will have this. I just have to bring it out. I just have to ensure the child practices it or understands it or meets it. So when that perspective changes from teaching to nurturing, Attitudes change, personality changes, your whole view of life suddenly changes. And, and I think like, um, I'm just tying back all you have said, said so far. For example, your focus on life skills in your philosophy or your way of explaining Montessori. It's so much more about understanding yourself first and then enabling children to understand themselves first. And then, of course, letting them have that space where they are able to express themselves. Absolutely. This is absolutely so powerful, ma'am. So this brings us to the end of this part of our discussion with Dr. Swati Gopat. In the next section, part three with Dr. Swati Gopat, we will talk much more on philosophies and so much more on parenting and other techniques. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Nurturing Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Soko World an all-in-one platform for preschools, daycares, and parents. Our mission at Soko World is to create super schools and super parents that are aware and engaged meaningfully to deliver better development and learning outcomes for children from zero to six years. To access our other podcasts and helpful resources, download our app Soko World, that is S-O-C-O World, from your app store, or visit blog.socoworld.com again s-o-c-o world.com do subscribe to our newsletter so you can get news resources articles and templates delivered directly to you to help you with your daily work and challenges thank you again for being such an amazing audience stay tuned